Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Scalpel with Dr. Keith Rose. Cutting down to the truth through history and experience. The Scalpel is proudly sponsored by Z-Bones Bone Conducting Headphones. Learn more at zbones.io. Subscribe to The Scalpel wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at The Scalpel Podcast, on Twitter at The Scalpel Edge. Email kfr at scalpeledge.com or the website scalpeledge.com. The next episode of The Scalpel starts now. Welcome back to The Scalpel. This is Dr. Keith Rose. We've had a very interesting week this past week. Yesterday was the one-year anniversary of 15 days to slow the spread, to flatten the curve, to allow our medical facilities, physicians, and other, I guess, scientists to catch up so that we could get ahead of this dreaded pandemic that had made its ways to the shores of the United States of America. And as I look back over this past year, and I look back at it from a point of a scientist, a physician, someone who believes in virtue and strives hard to be virtuous. That means moral. I'm not perfect. In fact, I was probably the worst of the worst at one point. But I have a faith. I have a faith in God. And so when I look back from the optic of my faith and from truth, I believe that as a nation, the only way that we can move forward, the only way that we can truly stay a free society is to look back at what's been going on in this country and how the beginning of slow the spread actually accelerated this nation on a path that's headed straight for tyranny. The Declaration of Independence reads, we hold these truths to be self-evident. And it goes on to say that, that we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. 
So few words say so much, which is in stark contrast to our current elected body of officials where so many words actually say so little. That's why we have to look back at our founding and understand how we as a nation became so great and why we as a nation currently are teetering on the edge of the abyss. Our founders understood that our liberties, our freedoms, our inalienable rights came from God, not man. And that our government with the bicameral legislation was designed to be appointed and work at the consent of the governed, not to rule over the governed. Yet over the past 244 years, it appears that one of those key words that our founders talked about so often, virtue, which really was just another word for morality, has become a byline. And that our freedoms that we treasure so much are on the verge of, some of them at least, on the verge of extinction. But our founders knew that their rights came from God. They said they were endowed by their creator. And without a creator, without God, this fundamental mission statement of America falls flat. America, absent God, is a piece of land with a bunch of people and nothing more. We have to be honest with ourselves. We have to look back in order to move forward. We have to understand what is going on right now. Because what I am watching right now appears to be more of a mature patience versus impulsive action. And kids are impulsive. But as we mature, we should shift from that point of self-interest or because it is a good cause to the principled view looking at issues from a moral and virtuous point of view. Because that's what our founders did. Yet we are reverse aging our society. People say we're dumbing them down. No, we are actually creating full-blown children in the bodies of adults. by a group that is completely unmoored from history, experience, principles, and virtue. This new Democrat party that are trying to drag us back to the gallows of socialism through fascist mechanisms. And we can't forget we can't forget what our founders did 244 years ago when 56 men publicly declared that these truths were self-evident and that formed the foundation of our nation, which has continued to be a beacon of hope for all people around the world that yearn to be free. They yearn for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They don't yearn for a larger government 
lots of free stuff and equal outcomes. Because none of that is reality. I look at language. I love to read. And I looked up the word honor because our founders pledged their lives, their fortune, and their sacred honor. And honor as a verb is to fulfill, observe, keep, obey, heed, or be true, to live up to. That's what honor is as a verb. But we have an elected group of officials that have turned that verb into a noun. And the noun honor means nobility, esteemed, importance, prestige. And men who use honor as a noun to talk about themselves have foregone self-evident truth for self-interest cause. They no longer create a country where the people travel to be free, but where people invade for free stuff. The sentence of the Declaration of Independence is a promise among the signers to mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And many did sacrifice, sacrifice their lives, their fortunes, in service to our country. So how is it that we have gone a scant 244 years, which in the history of the world is one of the youngest countries, to where your honor is now a noun, where honor is now a noun, and our leaders sacrifice their integrity and word for the title of your honor to obtain a fortune? It took an incredible amount of courage to sign the Declaration of Independence. Where is that courage today? And where has it gone? It's become extinct, I believe, in the pop culture of moral relevancy and flexible integrity. Where are the true leaders that will restore our nation to prominence and honor? Our current politicians want to be honored by title and obscure any real accomplishments with well-placed and costly brand management of their, quote, intent for the little people where their brand is king, but the crown is paper. I mean, who cares if the emperor has no clothes as long as he or she or whatever can buy enough marketing ads and co-opt enough of the mainstream media into shaming those who see their stark nakedness covered with a thin veil of importance into stun silence. Currently, our nation is the biggest loser in their own reality show, while our hollow, well-dressed, mannequin-like leaders are positioned by legions of lobbyists in the storefront of our republic, and I would add surrounded by bob wire, in a buy-one-get-my-soul-for-free sale. So what are we creating as a society? We have a lot of activity without productivity. In Washington, D.C. An activity may be a disease of weariness or degeneration of ideas or solutions. And when you have no real ideas or solutions, then you have to produce, and I want you to understand this, convincing controversy, or more succinctly, the narrative. They need and I mean the politicians in Washington, D.C., they need dependability. 
the product of convincing controversy is dependence. This nation was not built on dependence, but rugged independence. That's why the current politicians, the mainstream media, and the liberal elite are trying to destroy or rewrite our true history. Because dependence leads to slavery and tyranny. Independence leads to freedom. And this is how our nation was founded, by men that pledged their lives, their fortune, and their sacred honor as a down payment on the greatest nation in the history of the world. These dependable leaders put in the time and scholarship by studying history and experience to give us a dependable document, i.e. the Constitution. I'll build this out for you. Dependable means to be strong in the sense of dependable reliability. And dependability and convincing controversy are opposing forces. Oswald Chambers stated, strength and dependent and dependable reliability equals stability, which is derived from a strong faith in principles. All you have to do is go back and look at the quotes of our founders and you will see the same thing. And to correct course right now, we need to be motivated by stability, not convincing controversy. Because convincing controversy or the narrative, as you have seen and are seeing currently, will divide us and weaken our republic. One of the most powerful convincing controversies was 15 days to slow the spread. It was the seed that was planted as a controversy, as a consistent, convincing controversy that allowed men with weak moral character to exploit this nation and cause the suffering and sometimes the deaths of thousands. I mean, currently businesses still can't reopen in some states because the Center for Disease Control still recommends that most businesses operate at 50%. I mean, that's the convincing controversy. While at the same time, that same CDC speaks out the other, out the other sides of their mouth and say, migrant shelters can be populated at 100% where there's no social distancing. There's one in Texas currently at 729% of its capacity where there's no social distancing. No one's trying to monitor or prevent the spread of the coronavirus. You see, the CDC is allowing shelters handling child migrants who cross into the U.S.-Mexico border to expand to full and overflow capacity. And then they just take these folks and spread them out in the United States of America. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. To continue the convincing controversy. This narrative, this convincing controversy, you can understand it better if you understand one of the the people that are pushing it forward, and that would be Dr. Anthony Fauci. I mean, scientific totalitarianism is the background music for Dr. Fauci's entire career. I'm not going to get into the HIV controversy that he had. We'll just stick to the current brilliant and long-lasting medical Ponzi scheme that is currently being pushed on the American people. A so-called liberal democracy like America demands a covert form of scientific totalitarianism that does not scare the horses of oversight and public opinion so that they can continue to push, keep, and maintain power. That is the bureaucrats and the elected officials. And Dr. Fauci, who's been in the government longer than pretty much anyone I know and is the highest paid member highest paid employee of the federal government, he knows how to manipulate the levers of institutional power and image making in ways that would probably make Bertie Madoff envious. And for a scientific Ponzi scheme to prevail in America and Europe, nobody must recognize that they have acquiesced to a major and scientific fraud. You have to have the convincing controversy. Now, let me point out that I'm not saying COVID-19 isn't real. It is. But the response to it and the lack of transparency is a major and scientific fraud. And that is what it is being shown to be. And I will debate anyone with facts at any time. Doctors must follow protocols, though, established by the COVID-19 Ponzi scheme, and patients must not question them. Sanctions should stand at the ready if they do, or let's just cancel them. Nobody must see the telltale signs of fraud, deceit, and censorship, although everyone is currently seeing it. But Fauci, Fauci et al., they know the tricks required to turn Ivy League-educated journalists into surveil puppets and perky stenographers. And this long list of servile journalists who were chummy with Fauci and enabled his Ponzi scheme, I believe will have a lot to answer for in the future. But how did Dr. Fauci and others push this scientific totalitarianism, this Ponzi scheme as it relates to the lockdowns, this Ponzi scheme as it relates to the treatment protocols, this Ponzi scheme as it relates to pretty much everything associated with the coronavirus except the actual virus itself. Well, they're able to do it because they have a mainstream media that is completely void of morality or virtue. They are nothing more than a propaganda arm for a failed ideology that only lives by the lifeline this failed media provides it through their lies and deception. 
Glenn Greenwald wrote in Substack recently, how do big media outlets so often, quote unquote, independently confirm stories? This article is going to be listed in our show notes, and I'll just summarize it for you. But there have been so many false reports circulated by the dominant corporate wing of the U.S. media, from Russiagate to our current situations, that Glenn Greenwald had to just kind of come up with the 10 worst, most embarrassing failures. And he said he had a difficult time in this article because it was like drinking from a fire hydrant. My words, not his. And one of the most recent embarrassments or lies that has been seen in the mainstream media is when the Washington Post talked about President Trump's phone call with a Georgia elections investigator. And the Washington Post said that President Trump told her that she would be a national hero and that she had to find the voter fraud. That's what the Washington Post said. And then multiple major U.S. news outlets jumped on, reported the story, and all said this tagline, we have independently confirmed this report. They did it over and over again. Yet just the other day, the actual tape of that conversation was revealed and shown that President Trump did not say those words. It was just a political operative that had an agenda. And it was like you go to the beach and throw up foods to the seagulls, and the seagulls don't really see what the food is. They just start eating it. And that's what happens with the media during the Trump era. They just gobble up everything. That's what they did. But they were worse than just gobbling it up. They lied and said they had independently cross-checked it. And they were all shown to be frauds. They were all shown to be part of a convincing controversy that pushed the Russiagate against President Trump, that lied about him and his family over and over again. The same situation happened with Don Jr., President Trump's son, on a phone call that he, quote, had, quote, unquote, and had advanced knowledge of information from WikiLeaks, all been shown to be false, but all independently corroborated. You see, the media can push a convincing controversy. They can push it so hard that it will actually lead straight down the highway to tyranny. And when they reported on President Trump and how he, quote, unquote, pushed an election official to declare fraud so she would be a hero. It affected the Georgia race. And it probably, it affected the Georgia Senate race for sure. And it probably affected others that would have voted against Joe Biden's politics and his agenda. But we don't have a media with virtue. We don't have a media that believes in self-evident truth or inalienable rights. They only believe in rights for aliens, as in illegal aliens. And they are more than willing 
In fact, they want. I think they desire to push a convincing controversy, a narrative, because they are ideologically aligned with those who wish to keep and maintain power and push this nation down a road to socialism and ultimately tyranny. We're watching it play out right in front of us. You can see from the Review Journal an editorial that is titled, Virus Lockdowns Don't Appear to Have Worked as Advertised. I would just rename that article to Virus Lockdowns Don't Appear to Have Worked as the convincing controversy was pushed. Because as states began to relax their pandemic restrictions in the wake of dramatic reductions in confirmed cases, hospitalizations, and deaths, we're now seeing some sobering conclusions. That strict government lockdowns, according to this article and others that I will put in the show notes, just to be kind, they didn't do much good. But I would go on to add, they were devastating to our economy, to our youth, and to the mental health of millions of American citizens. Philip Lemoyne of the Center for the Study of Partisanship and Ideology in a Wall Street Journal op-ed last week said lockdowns can destroy the economy, but it's starting to look as if they've had minimal effect on the spread of COVID-19. Mr. Lamone went on in that article to talk about he actually favored the tactic early in the pandemic and notes not a single government has published a cost-benefit analysis to justify the lockdown policies. The Associated Press picked up on the theme over the weekend, finding that states which have enacted tight restrictions on commerce and other activities performed no better, listen to this, in preventing coronavirus deaths or confirmed infections. They compared California and Florida, and they roughly had the same outcomes. Yet California has been locked down in a draconian-style government action, while Florida has been open. So while one state suffers a financial burden and mental health crisis, the other state went back to work. This is what we're seeing. This is what a convincing controversy does. It destroys people, actual people, people that just want life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But when you can gin up a convincing controversy, you can slam the door on the pursuit of happiness and change it to the directed pursuit of the state, or a better word for that is tyranny. And we've seen a lot of micro-fascist, many tyrannical state and local officials that were getting their inner Maduro on during this crisis. But now I think American citizens are waking up. They're waking up to see that we as a nation don't have to live from one convincing controversy to another. That we have a Bill of Rights and it matters. The problem 
and also the solution is that we can't continue to allow these convincing controversies to drive what we say and what we do. And I believe the only way we're going to understand what's going on today and the pablum we are being fed by the current Biden administration is to get back to the basics of the founding and to see truth, call it out, and move with deliberation. No, I'm not calling for violence, but I am calling for movement. Movement at every level. We need to move at the county level first. People need to get involved, and churches need to step up and lead. Pastors need to speak to their congregations about the necessity for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, because America plus God equals greatness, but America minus God equals despair. And freedom absent from morality is a direct path to tyranny. As we move forward this week, I'm going to try to do more and more podcasts. I'm going to bring on some folks, and I'm going to lay out a plan from a granular level all the way to a national level that we can move forward. I've been blessed to be asked to work with some folks that are really sharp, and I believe that America's greatest days are in front of it. As long as we as American citizens don't fall for the convincing controversy. Go enjoy the rest of your day. I've got to go scrub and go into the OR. But most importantly, pay attention to what's going on and keep freedom rolling. Freedom scribbled on your sign Headline New York Times Standing on the edge of a revolution Hey, hey, just obey Your secret's safe with the NSA And God we trust or the CIA Standing on the edge of a revolution with Dr. Keith Rose. The Scalpel is proudly sponsored by Z-Bone's Bone Conducting Headphones. Learn more at zbones.io. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to The Scalpel wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at The Scalpel Podcast, on Twitter at The Scalpel Edge, email kfr at scalpeledge.com or the website scalpeledge.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.